Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Since the late Stone Age, approximately 10 to 12 percent of humans are left-handed. Yet for most of human history, left-handedness has been stigmatized. Today's guest, Howard Kushner, author of On the Other Hand, traces the impact of left-handedness on human cognition, behavior, culture, and health. Hello, everyone. I'm Pamela Brewer, welcoming you to this edition of Mind Talk. Today's guest, Dr. Howard Kushner, is a scientist and social historian, and he is on the faculty of Emory University and at San Diego State University, as well as a visiting scholar at the Laboratory of Comparative Human Cognition at the University of uh, San Diego. And he is author of, as I said before, the focus of today's conversation on the other hand. Dr. Kushner, welcome to Mind Talk. Thank you very much, Dr. Brewer. Nice to talk to you. Now, at, at, at one point in our... Well, let me ask you this before we even get started. Why do a why do a piece of research and you fairly uh, thoroughly research the experience of left handedness? Why? Well, I mean, there are several different reasons. One is I'm left handed, and as a child growing up, I always wondered why I was left handed. My mother was left handed, but forced to switch to her right hand, as she explained to me later. And then the other reason is I was working, my last book was on Tourette syndrome, and I was working in a clinic at Brown Medical School, at Brown Hospital in Providence. And it seemed to me that our patients, who are mainly children, of course, and were uh, either had Tourette syndrome diagnosis or came for a diagnosis of attention deficit, seemed to be left-handed in more than the 12%. And so I was curious whether there was any relationship between handedness and learning disabilities like uh, Tourette syndrome, attention deficit, um, and even other disorders I learned were connected with left-handedness like autism and schizophrenia. People made the connection, um, and I wanted to see how robust that connection was. And what did you learn? I learned it's much more complicated than an easy yes or no answer. Um, In terms of handedness, I think the the main take-home message I had was uh, that there was this belief in the abnormality of left-handers that goes back to time as far back as we can go. And as a result of that belief that there's something abnormal about them, it authorized kind of discrimination against left-handers. So, so although left-handers have been throughout human history associated as a left-hand itself as a sign of intellectual and social inferiority, what I found was is that discrimination against left-handers rather than something innate accounts for the connection between left-handedness and other learning disabilities. So it's not being left-handed, but it's the way people treat left-handers that really matters. You know, that that's so true in so many areas in, in our society, isn't it? It's, it's not so it much is. what the experience is, but it's the way other people react to the experience. Right, and that produces damage, right? Discrimination is not 
without its damage, in fact, always has damage. And therefore, the damage of the discrimination was much greater than the alleged pathology that resulted from left-handedness. You referenced the fact that as you were growing up, um, there was a lack of left-handed desks and you had difficulty uh, mastering cursive writing skills. What was that like for you? What was that experience like for you growing up? Well, because my teacher was so uh, supportive, it was positive, but I I couldn't improve my handwriting because the desks were one way and I was trying to write like a right-hander. But I didn't just I didn't uh, suffer very much other discrimination in my life as being a left-hander. In fact, by the time I was growing up, being a left-handed baseball player was a pretty good thing. And so, um, but my mother's generation, it was much um, the, the forced-handedness was much greater. And then, when I began to do the study, I would interview people from all over the world who had been forced to switch, and um, they all thought that it had done them really. Uh, all kinds of damage. And this goes back not that far to people who grew up in the 1960s, even in the United States, Britain, Germany, um, and France, where I got most of my studies. Um, You can see um, why these people came to this conclusion. Well, you you talk about uh, some research uh, th- uh, that you pull from uh, a book that was uh, done. I'm sorry, by some research that was done by a British Columbia psychologist, Stanley Corin, uh, who right. described left-handed. Well, why don't you tell us how did he describe left-handedness? Well, the title of his book essentially says that left-handedness is a syndrome, and that that there's something. Um, something defective about left-handers. So his whole argument is that, in fact, uh, he, he, his subtitle of his book is The Causes and Consequences of Left-Handedness, and he argues that um, left-handedness is a kind of pathology, an abnormality. And this book was the most popular book on left-handedness and probably in the, in the late 20th century. So, um, and he had done many studies but I think he, uh, his studies were, as many studies are, they're inconclusive um, about left-handedness. Um, and, and probably um, the reason they're so inconclusive is, is that each study probably has a slightly different definition of left-handedness. When I started, I thought this is simple. It's just people who use their left hand. But it turns out that some studies get different results by having different definitions of, of what means to be left-handed. So there are these tests that people take with 10 questions. And, and then those, it's called the Edinburgh survey, inventory survey. And they ask people, are they left? Did they throw with their left hand? Did they write with their left hand? Did they eat with their left hand? What foot did they move first, their left or right foot? Or what's their dominant eye? Um, what's their dominant ear? Um, what hand would they sweep with? So these these surveys right, would show if someone is strongly or weakly left or right-handed. And so where if someone would draw the line in the middle, right, would determine the number of left-handers they have or um, who is a left-hander. So what seemed to me to be something that would be very easy, turned out by the time I was done my study, it was clear that nobody uh, had a, an acceptable definition of left-handedness, which I thought was really 
surprising. Well, it is indeed. I, I, you know, I, I sort of laughed a bit when I um, read that uh, Dr. Corrin said that left-handedness was, in fact, a failure to reach right-handedness. Exactly. So clearly, right. you know, the, the epitome of success was being right-handed. And then to go on to say that uh, the, the, the um, mixed-handedness, left and mixed-handedness uh, was an indicator of abnormal development of the left hemisphere, allowing for increased risk for dyslexia, attention deficit, attention deficit disorder, learning disabilities, and mental retardation. Well, my goodness, no wonder people would want to hide uh, being left-handed or mixed-handed. Right. There are two things going on here. One is um, the effect on the person themselves, and the other is the effect on research. If so many people start with the idea that there must be something pathology causing from left-handedness. And then when the data doesn't show that people who are really strongly left-handed or any different from people who are strongly right-handed, so they they expend, they they change the definition slightly. As you just pointed out, instead of the definition being people who are strongly left-handed, their definition includes people who are not as strong right-handed. So if you want your study to show a relationship between non-right-handedness and um and, and learning disorders, it's pretty easy because that you've taken probably half the population instead of the small number of population that's really left-handed. So when you, so what, one of the things my book does is it looks at all of the studies that try to make claims about one, the, the, the cause of left-handedness and two, the effects of left-handedness. And when you're done with all of them, you cannot make a generalization that left-handers have any more pathology as a result of their being left-handed, but as a result of their being switched, um, there you have a lot of psychological and sometimes other kinds of damage. For instance, um, if one of the things that, that was clear that, uh, that left-handers were associated with was stuttering, and in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, there were these clinics, uh, at the, particularly at the University of Iowa in speech pathology, where they, they were treating the stutterers. And what they did was they said, well, what would happen if we took these stutterers who all have been switched from their left hand to their right hand in terms of writing, eating, throwing? What would happen if we switched them back to left-handedness? And so they did it. And strangely enough, the stuttering generally went away, which was very surprising. you remember the movie the king's speech yes the king is a stutterer right and he um he was forced to switch when he was uh, between six and seven years of age uh to become uh, a right-hander even though he was left-handed and his stuttering then developed subsequent to that so this is not a these are not uh, discriminations without real physiological effects as well
is, you know, when when I first t- took a look at the book, I thought, well, okay, this is interesting. But the more I began to read it, the more I realized that this really speaks to us as as a people. It it goes so far beyond. Um, the study of left-handedness, although I did certainly learn a great deal about left-handers. But I got to tell you, um, although I wasn't quite sure that I knew what to expect in a book about left-handedness, I didn't expect a chapter on kangaroos, I got to tell you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's a very odd situation that uh, (laughs) there's no other animal uh, that uses exclusively... um, and it's, and it's all population, just one hand or the other, in this case, one paw or the other. And recently people looked at kangaroos who are marsupials, so a special kind of mammal. And some of them are, in fact, um, stand on two feet and they use their arms and they send their their, um, their limbs and they tend to favor their left side um, by 90-10. But it's the only animal like that. And people have drawn lots of conclusions from these this recent finding, most of which uh, probably don't have very much to do with humans at all. Um, but it's interesting because every time somebody finds something related to left-handedness, it makes the front pages of newspapers for a couple of days. And then people say, oh, we found the cause here. Um, in terms of the kangaroos, the, the bundle of nerves that collects, that connects the two sides of the brain two hemispheres um, is much small as in, in, in some autistic patients, it's smaller. And in the kangaroos, it doesn't exist at all. In fact, marsupials don't have this corpus callosum that everyone else does. So making the comparison is sort of wild, but it does show, um, it does illustrate as do some of the claims that the gene has been found, how at first you get this, um, claim that we've solved the problem and then other people begin immediately to criticize it and then within a few months or years it's disappeared again so um kangaroos serve an interesting purpose um although some people therefore have argued that you know kangaroos must be autistic which is ridiculous (laughs) oh i hadn't heard that kangaroos were autistic that that's an interesting one these kangaroos these particular red tree kangaroos oh th- those um, are the autistic ones gotcha. I don't know how they, but without without language it's pretty hard to come up to the conclusion anyone's uh, art, autistic so, the um, you know as, as we look back uh, you know at the history um you know it, it it's you know, one pa, pa, doc, dr brew can i return to something else you say because it's really important sure and then go on you as you pointed out the thing about left-handedness it's so much like other kinds of discrimination against other kinds of difference that i think that really became the take-home message of my book yes and when you when you and so i'm i really appreciate your uh you're seeing that in the book because um, I was wondering, I hope it, it didn't seem like I was writing a book about something silly and trivial, particularly in these times when there's so many serious issues going on. So thanks. Well, uh, you know, again, um, I appreciate the the depth with which you did the work, the 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 research, the work in this book. But you know, you know, again, as I said, the more the more I looked at it, the more that I went through the material, the more I realized this is. You know, this is a global issue. This is this goes way beyond whether someone is right-handed or left-handed. This is really about what we do to ourselves as human beings or not, and the consequences yeah. of that. Yeah, you know, the the interesting thing is, there's sort of another take-home message might be that 
wherever society is permissive and allows people to do all kinds of things, left-handedness is not discriminated against, and the rates of reported left-handedness are higher. But wherever you have a society um, that's restrictive of human freedoms and rights, the number of left-handers is sort of a barometer uh, because the reported numbers go down and the actual numbers may actually go down as well. So so it is some, somewhat like it, it is connected to other forms of discrimination, clearly. And as you just pointed out, this is not something that just happens in the West. It's worldwide. Absolutely. And, um, and it's widely practiced in China, India, and, and in India, and in much of Mexico. So they take 10% of the world's population and forcing them to deny the use of their left hand seems really something serious and, and consequential. And in China, for, and in China, for instance, they claim uh, that there are no left-handers. None. There are so few left-handers. Huh. None. But that's so. That seems so impossible. That two things belie that that's true. One is is that when Chinese people move to the to, to the West, to, to particularly San Francisco and other places, their number of left-handers increased just like it was among European Americans. And yet, and in China today, recently, they've discovered that. Ping pong players who are left-handed have an advantage. So all of a sudden, the Chinese government is encouraging left-handed ping pong players. So, um, interesting piece of information, I guess. Uh, we live in very interesting world, and certainly in very interesting times. Right. You um, reference um, the time when left-handedness, as we've been saying, was attributed to to dire things, including a, a lesser status, uh, which included, interestingly enough, non-Europeans, criminals, those with disease, right. those with mentally mental retardation, and those who were gay. And women, unless the women were ambidextrous, and then that was considered that they were um, to be evidence that they were lesbians. Am I getting that correct? Exactly right. Yes, you read very, very carefully, and I appreciate um, your explanations. I, th- I think the, the one general thing we can say about the, le- the left and left-handers is associated with primitivity, and therefore, pe- the argue was people who were left-handed. Um, were lower on the um, evolutionary scale, which fit, of course, with um, with, discrimin- with discrimination as practiced in the world, and particularly in the United States. But interestingly enough, the, the few studies that were done on African Americans show that African American males actually are left-handed they, they, at a higher rate um, than uh, European American males. And the question is, why is that so? And part of it is, is probably a kind of irony of discrimination, which is although African-Americans and slaves before them were discriminated against, no one paid much attention to whether they were left-handed or the right-handed. No one really seemed to care whether or not an African-American um, slave ate with his left hand. And obviously writing was not an issue because, as you know, during slavery, um, there were laws that made it almost impossible for African-Americans to read and write, even though many did and led rebellions against segregation and slavery. So, um, again, the issue opens up a whole bunch of other issues we should talk about. And it turns out that among African-American males, um, the idea of being left-handed is seen as a kind of positive rebellious force. Um, 
just like now, increasingly, there is a kind of attempt by some left-handers to create a pride movement in left-handedness. Dr. Kushner, you know, it's it's interesting, um, as you were talking about um, uh, persons who were enslaved, that they were uh, given the quote-unquote freedom to be left-handed or right-handed because, you know, nobody cared. Um, as long as right. they did the work, who cared what hand they used to do the work? I mean, it's it's interesting um, that within such yeah, horrific they, experiences, there was that little piece. Right. It's kind of the exception that proves the rule in this case. Um, and so, and it also shows the cultural pressures that may lead um, to left-handedness are absent. Certain kinds of cultural pressures are absent when people are totally enslaved. I do think that we need to do many more studies on African-Americans and left-handedness. There haven't been that many. There was a study on Howard, at Howard University in the 1980s and then the University of Cincinnati. Um, but uh, we could do a lot more. And certainly, I think um, I've been thinking about ways to um, look at that to get more information. Um, and to look at other studies, um, because it's interesting in 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 uh, Africa, right? Wherever there, uh, in, in Africa, pretty much, with some exceptions, there has been a really strong movement against left-handedness, um, particularly in Muslim societies, and uh, although it's just as strong in Christian societies and even Jewish societies, so. Um, so there's a lot more to do to, to answer these questions more carefully. And so clearly the the myths that existed in centuries past is still floating around in many ways. Right. And, I, and if you, you know, when we think about it, if you think about the word left, every language in the world, there's, it turns out I just learned there are 6,000 different languages in the world that almost every language, the word for left, has a negative connotation. In Chinese, it means you've taken the wrong path. Um, in uh, Italian and Latin, it's sinestra. In French, it's gauche. And we could go on and name them all. And so that shows there's this really deep connection to left-handedness and profan- profanity, um, whereas the right hand is seen as um, holy and sacred. And so that that, that deeper, long human history um, has had an effect on um, the way people operate and a- attitudes toward left-handedness. You had, um, as you describe it, an okay experience growing up um, as a left-handed person. What about other people, though? What's your sense of the broader left-handed population? What kinds of um, issues, what kinds of emotional challenges uh, were they met with, perhaps as children growing up? Yeah, well, the... um depending on how strong the attitude of their schools and parents were toward left-handers, the experience would be even more negative. But what surprised me was that even when I began to write this book and and talk to my colleagues about it, it turned out that some of my colleagues themselves had had never told me and hadn't ever told anybody else that they had been um, uh, left-handed and stutterers forced to switch when they were in grade school, my same age. And, um, and only now did they felt, feel that they could even talk about it. So the psychological damage was strong. People, kids were put in 
They had their hands tied behind their back. They were put in corners in the 1930s and 40s for not, um, for, for uh, either for their stuttering or for their resistance to using their left hand. They were literally had corporal punishment where, as particularly, particularly in um, parochial schools where nuns would hit the kids' hands um, with a ruler. And I thought this was all in the old days, but when I did more and more research, it turned out that this was something that was still going on in many many parts of even the Western world, the Western world. So um, I found that really surprising and I was more surprised that it hadn't had a negative effect on me, but maybe the reason was that my mother having experienced the discrimination of being left-handed have probably protected me from it. And for some reason, my teachers uh, didn't seem to think it was a big problem. And particularly because for boys of my generation playing baseball and other sports uh, became liberating um, from handedness, in fact, they had an advantage. So it's a complicated issue that um, surprisingly hasn't gone away yet. Indeed. It, it, is there an uh, an age of a, a child at which a parent is going to know that their child is right-handed or left-handed? It, are you born that way? Well, that's an, another good question, I think. And the answer is, People are looking for the one cause of left-handedness, and maybe there are many different reasons why people are left-handed. But in theory, right, people who think that left-handedness is a result of a genetic difference argue that it's already inborn in the child. But generally, most, although not all, um, studies show that although a child may be use either hand until they're three or even seem, seem to favor one, by the time they're three, they pretty much make up their mind which suggests to some people that the cause of left-handedness therefore has an environmental component. So I suppose we should conclude from the evidence we have so far that it has both an environmental and um, a genetic um, substrate to it. Um, but whether or not you can persuade your child when they begin to pick one hand as opposed to select one hand over the other, um, the evidence is it isn't that effective that the child is pretty strongly already there, which suggests a strong um, genetic component. Um, are, are there books or um, anything for younger children that parents could share with them who perhaps are left-handed and perhaps are being bullied in school? Are you aware of any? You know, I'm not, and that's really odd, but it's a good idea. Um, I don't know why no one's thought of it before. If they have, I just don't know about it. There's certainly, you could rescue a history of positive. Not everyone was negative about left-handedness throughout history. There are pockets of resistance and essentially left pride movements. So um, the famous Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu in 600 BC, a long time ago, um, wrote that the superior man ordinarily considers the left the most honorable place. Um, and therefore, because it's not involved in war. And Plato in, the, in his Republic um, rejected the popular negative characterization of, um, of left-handers as inferior and argued that, in fact, if they would use both their hands, they would be even smarter. And then there were people in the Middle Ages that made this other, other argument. So, um, and then in the early 20th century, the British Boy Scout leader, Baden-Powell, uh, joined a movement that was very strong in Britain in about 1904-1910 called the Ampidextral Society. Um, and what they did was they ur urged that people use both their hands 
for all tasks, and he said they would become twice as smart. They'd be more symmetrical, more intelligent, more gifted. And Baden Powell's Boy Scouts, um, people sh- were supposed to shake hands with their left hand, in other words, to learn to use their left hand. So this was a strong movement on ambidexterity, and um, whether it was true or not that ambidextrous people are smarter, it certainly um, is useful to be able to use both your hands. In fact, when you think about it, for most things we do, we use both our hands, both our feet, both our eyes. So, um, so the idea that um, left-handedness is, um, is some kind of a pathological condition is not supported by any evidence whatsoever. Is there a, a place where folks can go to get more information about you and the work that you're doing? Yeah, they can um, just go, Well, it used to be easy to get me online because I was the only Kushner there. <laughs> but not anymore. You know, another, <laughs> not anymore. So I'm right there next to Jared and Ivanka and the uh, searches. Um, so, but you can go on, online and just type in the name of the book, and uh, it's available on Amazon and, uh, and on uh, Barnes and Nobles. It's not officially published actually until the 10th of. Um, September, but uh, it's available to order ahead. And so they could look it up. If they want to know more about me, they could just type in Emory University Howard Kushner or San Diego State Howard Kushner and look at the information. Terrific. Thank you for joining me on this edition of Mind Talk. Mind Talk is brought to you daily as an educational public service, and it is not intended to replace any work that you might choose to do with a medical, mental health, or other professional. Mind Talk is produced by Jim Brown and 26 by 2 Communications and is available to you on demand by going to mindtalk.org. That's M Y N D. T-A-L-K dot O-R-G, or you can download the free MindTalk app from the iTunes store or Google Play, and you can carry MindTalk with you, listen to it whenever you like. I'd love to know where in the world you are as you're listening to MindTalk, so send an email to me at Pamela at MindTalk.org. That's P-A-M-E-L-A at MindTalk.org. Again, that's M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. And remember always, if it's unacceptable, it's unacceptable. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 